The reading is taken from Acts chapter 2 and verses 1 to 21. And it can be found on page 1093 in the Church Bibles. Acts chapter 2. The Holy Spirit comes at Pentecost. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now there were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, aren't all these who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in our native language? Parthians, Medes, and Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt, and the parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs. <clears throat> we hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, what does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them and said, they have had too much to drink. Then Peter stood up with the eleven, <clears throat> raised his voice and addressed the crowd. Fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this carefully to you. These people are not drunk, as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they will prophesy. I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness 
and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to I'm going to invite Ben up. Um, I assume most of you now know Ben, but for those of you who don't, he's our youth pastor, uh, and he um, has a very great message for you. He told us about it in our staff meeting this week, uh, and I've seen it in action now at the nine o'clock, and it is actually a very great story, and I'm quite excited to see how it... Don't set the expectation it, too oh no, high. Setting the expectation Just set me up really for a fall high. now. <laughs> uh, but I'm really excited uh, for what Ben has to say, and I'm going to pray for him now. Let's pray. Lord God, we thank you for Ben. We thank you for the words that you've given him to speak to us today. And we pray that by your spirit we would hear them and we would put them into action. In your mighty name. Amen. Amen. Make sure I'm in the middle, otherwise Stefan will tell me off. So, today is a day of celebration. Today is the, the day that we celebrate the birth of the church as we know it. So we celebrate Pentecost and the Holy Spirit being poured out upon the disciples, which is fitting because we've also come to uh, the stage in our Blueprint series where we're looking at the Holy Spirit. You'd almost think that Tom had planned it that way, but I'll let, I'll let you make your own mind up about whether that was just coincidence or planned. Um, but I wonder what your first thought is when you think about the Holy Spirit. Maybe for some of you, it uh, brings emotions of uh, excitement and expectation. Uh, You know, you're bubbling and waiting to see what God's going to do. Whereas maybe for others, it brings uh, fear or doubt or suspicion. uh, Brings back memories of uh, maybe bad experiences that you've had at churches um, that have spoken about the Holy Spirit. But when I was preparing uh, for this sermon... Uh, I was praying and I asked God, uh, please can you just give me some sort of direction or picture or vision of what you want me to speak about? And uh, I know that God has a sense of humour because the picture that I got was one of a toothbrush. I was like, okay, great. don't know what I'm supposed to do with that. So I was like, okay, I'm evidently thinking about cleaning my teeth. I'm just going to get rid of that and we'll think about it again and then we'll, I'll pray about it and God will give me something else. And I prayed about it, and all I got was the picture of an electric toothbrush again. (laughs) I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do with this. But um, I think to give you the spoiler, give you the ending at the beginning, so that you can ponder on these things and start connecting the dots uh, as we go. I think what God was saying to me through the image of an electric toothbrush is that you can use an electric toothbrush without the power source, without it charged up, and it will probably do roughly the same job that it would do when it's powered up and when it has battery. But it won't do it as well. It won't have the full functionality if you've got one of these shiny new electric toothbrushes that blinks red at you when you press too hard or tells you when you've brushed for too long. Those things won't work. The head is awkward. It doesn't quite feel right. And eventually, you're going to wear out the bristles much faster than you would if you just used it uh, with the power on. And so I felt like God was saying to us this morning that maybe some of us have disconnected from the power source. We've run out of battery and we haven't gone back uh, 
to the source of the power that we had. And so this morning, for some of us, it might be that we uh, have simply just wandered, wandered off, not through any conscious effort, but we've just drifted and we've disconnected from the power source that God has given us. Or maybe for some, it's that fear that I spoke about at the beginning, the suspicion of things that have gone wrong in the past and we've disconnected from the spirit because we're worried about what might happen if we connect to that power source. And so this morning I want to encourage you right from the beginning to come back, to reconnect to that power source, to have the power you were always meant to have dwelling inside you, to have the spirit of God refill you, refresh you and renew you. And Pentecost is an incredible day to make that step, to make that journey and that commitment. As we celebrate Pentecost, we celebrate the 50th day after Passover, which was originally an agricultural, I can't say that word, agricultural, there you go, festival where farmers would bring uh, their first crops of the season to thank God. But obviously deeper than that, there's the uh, reflecting on God's faithfulness in the original Passover. The great story of the Israelites' escape from Egypt and of their liberation from slavery. In the Israelite story, 50 days after their liberation from slavery is when Moses is ascending Mount Sinai and receiving uh, the Ten Commandments. as He comes back and brings the Ten Commandments to the people. He brings them a new way of life. He brings them the way forward. And you can see the parallels between that first Pentecost and the Pentecost uh, that we're looking at in Acts 2 today. As Moses ascends and receives the law, Jesus has ascended and then sends his Holy Spirit to come and dwell inside of his disciples. Spirit is directing the disciples in a new direction, in a new journey, in a new way of following God, of being in relationship with him. Jesus sends his spirit to equip and enable and embolden the disciples for what is to come. And we see that first fruit of uh, the move of God in this passage. At the end, we see that 3,000 people come to faith just on that one day. But then look at what that was a foreshadowing of to come. How many billions of Christians are there around the world today? And it started from that small mustard seed, that small gathering of the disciples in the upper room. And so this morning, I think God is calling us to come back and be reminded of that that new chapter, that new start, that new way that's powered by his spirit. No longer do we have the law on stones, no longer do we have that artefact, but we have the very spirit of God dwelling inside our hearts to lead and guide us, to draw us closer to God if we wander away. And the image of uh, fire is powerful in the passage as well. So we see the tongues of fire coming and separating and resting on each of the disciples. If we see fire in the Old Testament, we see the pillar of fire leading the people through the desert. We see Moses being spoken to through a burning bush. And the fire is a representation of God's presence. And that's what they're following in those stories. But now God's presence isn't just some column of fire far off that they're having to follow. But now that fire is coming and dwelling in each side, inside of each of the disciples to be inside their very heart to lead and guide them. 
And I think sometimes we, we forget or we undervalue or underutilize the spirit, forgetting that that very spirit at the beginning of creation that was there and helped to create the whole world now dwells in us. That Jesus said, it's better that I leave you in physical form so that I can send my spirit to be with you instead. Because having my spirit is better than having my physical presence with you to walk and talk with you. It's better that you have my spirit in you. And I think sometimes we forget that or we associate the spirit with, forgive me for this phrase, happy clappy gatherings where people are wailing or crying or falling over or whatever. And because of that, it gets a bad name. But that's not, maybe the Spirit does do, the Spirit does do those things, let me be clear. But that's not all the Spirit does. The Spirit is the very lifeblood and power of all that we do. And if we choose to disconnect from that power source, then we're doing ourselves a disservice. Eventually we're going to wear ourselves out. We can do things under our own steam and our own strength if we want. But just like that toothbrush, you're not going to do half as good a job as if you just simply came back and reconnected to the power source. If you came back and let God fill you with what it is that he wants to do. And not only that, we see that now the Holy Spirit is for all. All are invited. All have a part to play. All have a place at God's table. It's not that the Spirit came and landed on a few of the disciples, on his favourite disciples, but it came and it landed and it landed on all of them. It was poured out for all. And that's even more echoed in the fact that when they start speaking in tongues, they're speaking in the language of all those present. It wasn't, again, that God selected his few favourite people that spoke some far-off foreign language, but the disciples could speak all the languages of those present and all were invited to come and play their part, to come and know the living God who wants to dwell and live inside them and empower and enable them to come and tell the rest of the world about all that they have seen and all that God wants to do. And so I want to encourage you, whatever your past experience has been, don't let that put you off. God wants to enable us and equip us for his service afresh this morning. And I really believe that. I think he wants us to reconnect to that power source. He wants us to recognize that maybe we've been doing things under our own strength for too long. And we're starting to get tired. We're starting to get worn out. And we need that fresh infilling again. We need that fresh power, that fresh energy to motivate us, to draw us. You know, Jesus said, my burden is light, but it's only light if you let go of all that you're holding and you let him take the reins, you let him take control and take the lead. But I think before that, I think it's key that we simply come and be and wait and just be in God's presence. We don't see the disciples just rushing off as soon as God, as soon as Jesus has ascended and going off and getting busy with what it is that uh, Jesus has asked them to do. But actually they have a 10-day period where they're just in the upper room together, waiting, pursuing God's presence, listening to what it is he might have to say. I think so often when we come to our prayer times, well, I speak for myself here, 
you guys might be super holy and get it right. Uh, but I think often when I pray, I come to God, and I've got my list of demands, I've got my list of people that I want God to heal or meet or do miraculous things in. So I just kind of, kind of verbally vomit in his face and then just run off and carry on doing whatever I was doing before. But I think actually we're called to just come and sit at the feet of Jesus and wait, to be filled with his spirit, to be prepared for what it is that God is going to do in us, to lean and depend on the spirit. And what a difference the spirit makes. You see just a few chapters before this, the disciples are in the upper room and they're petrified. They're locking the door and they're hiding themselves away. And then at the end of uh, the passage we've just seen, Peter is standing up before the whole of the crowd and preaching the good news of Jesus. And he's doing it boldly and firmly. And 3,000 people come to faith. They join the movement. They join the way that day. And just through the rest of Acts, thousands and thousands more come. And so I think Jesus would say to us, stop, wait, don't do anything. Don't move a muscle, don't make plans, don't wander off. Don't try and do this by yourself. But instead, wait for my spirit. Wait for that empowerment for the adventure ahead. We can't fulfill our calling and commission in our own strength, but we need that equipping and that enabling. We need his spirit to dwell within us, to stir within us again afresh. But yet many of us, I think, live with that struggling and striving of trying to wrestle and do things by ourselves because we want to do it, we want to prove that we're strong enough or whatever it is, but we don't need to be strong, we just need to be reliant and faithful and follow him. And so maybe it's time to take a step back, to slow down, to stop the rushing around and the doing and just sit at the feet of Jesus and be filled afresh with his spirit. And the good thing is that all we need to do is ask. There's no silver bullet, there's no special prayer, there's no words that are going to magically unlock the spirit's power but we know that all we need to do is ask, to ask God, because he is a good, good father and he wants to work in our lives. He wants to, to work through us. We're given the Holy Spirit not to big our own ego up and make us feel good and strong and big and be given all these miraculous gifts that we can go and show off with. But actually we're given the Spirit because God wants us to be funnels. He wants to fill us with his Spirit so it will flow through us and flow out into the communities and the people around us, and that they will experience the love of God for themselves, that they would notice something different in us, and they would be drawn to Jesus. We're called to go and be witnesses. We're called to be better representatives of Jesus, because that is ultimately what the Holy Spirit is for, is to change and transform us, to be more Christ-like, to be better representatives of who Jesus is, what he's done and what he wants to achieve. It's not about seeking the gifts for the sake of the gifts. It's not about showboating. It's not about showing off. It's about simply becoming more like Jesus, more like who he has created us to be. The Spirit comes only to do positive things, to encourage us, to build us up, to equip us, to enable us, we don't have to be scared or afraid or frightened or 
any of those things because all the Spirit does is come to help us, to build us up. And so I want to encourage you this morning to simply come, to come and rest in his presence, to come and just stand before him and ask for that Holy Spirit, maybe for that fresh infilling, for that fresh stirring, for that fresh leading and guiding so that you can be more Christ-like, more who he's called you to be and to go out and to do more of the mission that he has for you, that U-shaped hole that only you can fulfill and do for his service. Because Jesus wants to restore you and renew you. And sometimes that can be a messy work, but that's okay. I would rather be in the nursery where it's noisy and messy, but where it's full of life, rather than in the graveyard where things are neat and tidy and where there's no life. So mess is okay. It's okay to be messy. And so we're going to spend some time just waiting on God now, waiting for uh, his spirit to come and move amongst us. So let me pray. Father, we want to still ourselves before you this morning. Father, we ask that you would open our eyes, that you would open our hearts, that you would open our ears in a deeper way, in a new way, so that we would be more aware of your spirit, that we would be in tune and in step with you. We thank you that you are faithful, that you haven't left us alone, but you are always with us by your Holy Spirit. We thank you that you are faithful to all your promises and that as we wait on you, would you fill us and empower us and strengthen us and embolden us once again? Would you help us to come back to our first love? Would you help us to reconnect to that power source that you have given us? Would you help us to come back to your spirit? Father, forgive us when we have rushed off, when we've done things under our own strength, under our own will, under our own power. Would you help us to come back? And would you help us to give your spirit the space that it needs to minister in our hearts and lives? We fix our eyes on you today and we ask, would you take the lead? Would you take the steering wheel? And we just ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.